Hey everybody, I'm Sarah Buffy from Soulbird Consulting and I'm a part of the Resilience Project. So this is the fun part. Uh, we get to take some questions from everybody. These are uh, common questions that we get often. So I'm going to be monitoring the, the Zoom chat and hopefully speaking, uh, speaking to some of the questions that would be helpful uh, for us to all wrap our hearts and minds around. So, <sighs> all right. Ah, beautiful question. Uh, what are some ways we can self-soothe by activating the vagus nerve? Well, first, Google that. Go find all the, all the people talking about this. This is a really great question, and it is at the forefront of our, I think, societal or collective conversation. What is this vagus nerve, and what are ways to soothe and calm? Um, I, I can really appreciate uh, that, the energy behind that question. So um, a couple things. Our vagus nerve, uh, I'm not an expert, A, and there's all kinds of things going on, but there are three branches that I think we can uplift for our common understanding. There's that the, the sympathetic activation, right? So we go into a fight or flight. That's helpful if we need to fight off of, uh, an enemy, right? Or get away from a situation. Our nervous system, our vagus nerve is going to activate and get us into that fight or flight mode. There's also the ventral vagal system, which has our social engagement system where we can safely and relationally uh, connect with others and build community and uh, be in, again, relationship with, with people that we uh, would like to be in relationship with. The other part of our vagus nerve is that dorsal vagal nerve, which is that shutdown part, which really brings us into um, stillness, right? If we uh, kind of that freeze or submit part of that fear cascade. So um, when we think about those three uh, branches, what we want to start to look at is how might we engage that ventral vagus nerve? There's a couple ways we can do that. Again, uh, I, don't stop here for, for your information. There are all kinds of uh, ways and, and folks who are speaking to this a lot more eloquently than I, but one of the things I like to do, especially now that we're in this uh, pandemic COVID space, is to engage eye contact, right? Right. So when we're on these screens with people to take a moment at the beginning of our sessions, the beginning of our, our trainings and just catch someone's gaze, find someone's eyes and just uh, shoot a smile out, right? Just to engage that digital space, that can be a way to signal safety, any kind of physical coming home to the self. So a lot of times when I'm breathing, I'll take my right hand and kind of put it on my chest, my left hand, put it on my belly and I'll just engage in this, in this hole to come back to uh, the present moment, even within my own self. Breathing is always going to be really helpful. And just a little plug for uh, breath work, the app breath and then WRK, I would check it out. It gives all kinds of strategies on calming breath, breath for stress, breath for hiccups, breath, breath for activating and getting into our, our full presence, right? All of these are exercises you can find on that app. Uh, but for me, one of the surefire ways I can activate the, the vagus nerve for soothing, for calm is by engaging in belly breathing, right? So a lot of us as adults will breathe from our chest space. Those are shallower breaths. Those activate that fight or flight uh, mechanism. What we want to do is drop our breathing down into the belly where on the inhale, you extend the belly and on exhale, you contract the belly. And that type of lower, deeper breathing activates the rest and digest Part of our nervous system so we can come back to a state of calm. So the deep belly breathing, um, some soothing self-touch can be helpful and engaging with other people. If it's across the screen, engaging those mirror neurons, engaging a, a gaze or a smile that uh, lights someone else up or in person when you can uh, be with other people in either stillness or in relationship, those are ways that can calm uh, that nervous system as well. 
All right. Um, okay. And another great one coming in here in the chat. What happens when someone uses trauma or their emotions to avoid making progress? Uh, for example, taking a lot of breaks at work because they're always triggered. That's in quotes. I'm going to take my own deep breath. That question is triggering to me. Uh, so I'm just going to kind of get into my seat here and take a deep breath before I uh, bring in some thoughts around that question. I love these types of questions uh, because it's helpful to bring them out of our subconscious or unconscious into our consciousness. And what I would like to reflect back is, I think it's the wrong question. <laughs> I think we're orienting, uh, we, we've got to, we're, we're misunderstanding what's going on with someone. If our frame, if our mindset is someone is using their trauma or uh, using their emotions to avoid making progress. I think it's that the question is, itself signals we're misunderstanding how trauma impacts the brain, the body, and our behavioral patterns. And we're misunderstanding how much choice is in this experience. So if someone um, is taking a lot of breaks at work because they're triggered a lot, that tells us that there's something going on in the internal environment that is causing distress, or there's something in the external environment that's not signaling safety, that's not helping someone feel safe, seen, and heard. So if, that, if I'm asking this question about someone that I, I'm working with, I first wanna do some of this pre-work, some of this internal work. How might I be creating a context for safety in the environment? How might the environment be shifted to uh, be more welcoming, be more calming, be more safe? How might I get a little bit more curious with the person about what's going on before I go to um, make assumptions about their, their triggers or their, their choice points? When we experience things as traumatic and we don't get the healing that uh, that we need, those experiences get stuck in the here and now part of our brain. So a sight, a smell, and sound can trigger us back and we start to relive that moment from our past. We're not remembering our trauma, we're reliving our trauma. And as my colleague and friend LaShonda Sugg always says, she says we're constantly having current interactions with historical experiences. So if someone is shutting down at work, if someone is not able to execute action or follow through in a way that would make sense to those around them, they must be dealing with something going on uh, from a past experience that is really alive and present here in their here and now. So back to the question, when, when someone is not able to make the progress that we would like as a, a team and even themselves as an individual person, I think it's time to take a timeout go back to the drawing board and how might we deepen our understanding of uh, how did we get here before we start to make assumptions about what's going on in this present moment. All right, so now I'm, I'm jumping off my soapbox and, and, and trying to invite us to continue to deepen understanding, make sure we're coming from a, a trauma-informed or trauma-responsive awareness. Uh, now, what do we do, right? Let's assume we've, we've taken that time to understand someone deeper. If someone is showing us that they need frequent breaks throughout their day to feel regulated, let's take breaks, right? Sometimes we, we have the solution right in front of us, right? So to invite people into relationship in patterned ways could be really helpful throughout a workday. Every 20 minutes, our attention is changing anyways, right? So if this is what someone is showing us they need, how might we find a safe other, right? Not a supervisor, not someone to watch, not someone to uh, administer breaks, but to invite in, hey, how about we go on a walk? 
talk every hour or so uh, and talk about how things are going. How about we throw a ball back and forth and get some, uh, uh, share some gratitudes about what's going well in our life. How might we go back to what we know that trauma and stress, it's stored in our physical being. 80 to 90% of information that's flowing between the brain and body is coming from the body to the brain, right? So if we find ourselves in unhelpful patterns, instead of shame and blaming those, we can invite people into more regulation practices that include the physical self. So if I'm supporting someone and I'm, they're showing me that they need frequent breaks throughout the day, we're going to start to turn that into a positive. We're going to start to engage socially and relationally. How might it feel to take breaks as a group, to co-regulate together? By group, I mean that person and a safe other. How might we co-regulate so we can get back to our task at hand in a more functional and helpful way? right? So the solution sometimes is baked right in what we might find as a problem. But when we can uncover the gift, the hidden resilience in that, uh, that issue, now we can start to work with folks versus having a power over situation. So to find more ways to uh, be with people in their moments, head over to growingresiliencehio.org and uh, check out all those great resources.